Are you an ambitious, driven entrepreneur starting to feel overwhelmed, maybe a little trapped by your business? Well, I have a solution for you. It is the five-day bottleneck to breakthrough challenge, where in an hour a day, we will give you the roadmap, the blueprint, the treasure map to where you can find yourself with more free time, more freedom of money, and a more valuable business. Hope to see you soon www.bottlenecktobreakthrough.com. I sign up for a trial, whether I need it or not. I'll do that 14 days to figure out how it works because for one, I'm gonna create a video for it for YouTube to help others understand it. Uh, and two, I may have a client who is a fit for it and then I have that knowledge there to be like, hey, this tool would be a great fit for you. This is The Real Bottom Line where we tell entrepreneurial stories about true grit and perseverance from frontline business owners themselves. Now, let's get started. Well, hello and welcome to The Real Bottom Line. Today, my special guest is Sean Wynott of Blue Cow Marketing. Welcome, Sean. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm really excited to have you here today because some of the stuff that you do in, in real life, IRL, is so important for small business owners. But I'd like to start first with understanding how did you end up where you are right now? And, you know, I wonder that every day. <laughs> you know, it, it goes back to to kind of my upbringing. I, um, you know, I remember just looking back to it where, you know, my family was entrepreneurial. Um, but I didn't really know it at the time. Um, you know, as early as I can remember, my grandfather had a TV repair business uh, in our house. Um, I did live above, like in our two-story house. My mom and I lived upstairs. My grandparents were downstairs. So, you know, he had a, the workshop in the house and I would go out and sit on his workshop bench with him while he was repairing TVs. That was before TVs were disposable. And, um, you know, we would go out and deliver the TVs back to people when they repaired it anyway. I remember those memories just thinking back, but I had no idea that he was running his own business. Like it didn't resonate yeah. with me. And then my mom had a craft store uh, in the house uh, later on. Uh, and then that transitioned into a, a cake business. And my grandmother retired as a bakery manager uh, in the house. So when high school came around, um, I saw this poster outside the guidance counselor's office about a, an entrepreneurial conference at Dalhousie. And uh, I asked her like, what, what does that mean? Um, I had no idea what the word entrepreneurship was. And she explained, you know, it was, was somebody who ran their own business was the simplest explanation for it. And I'm like, wow, okay, I'm interested in that. And then it started to click. So I went to it. Uh, and then from there, I came back like jazzed up, like ready to go. And the biggest thing was do something that you're passionate about. And at the time I loved music. I wasn't, you know, I didn't have the skills to make music, but I loved music. So I became a DJ. And I remember asking, you know, the bank of grandmother for a, a $2,000 loan. So I could buy a couple CD players, uh, a couple speakers, um, and then I would pay her back $100 for every dance that I did. Uh, and I started doing junior high dances in school that then evolved to senior high. And then I, I, I broke outside of the school zone uh, and we were doing um, dances at the fire hall and, and it just it grew up from there. So my first business was as a DJ for seven years doing weddings and, and things all across you know, Nova Scotia. Uh, and then it evolved when I went to NSCC for television production to you know then put the video element into into that so i started you know a video production marketing business while doing djing um which was kind of a, a hybrid approach because i would do certain weddings where it was just me and i would be doing the video and the music so i'd announce a song 
I'd, uh, you know, put it on, I'd grab the camera, I'd run out, I'd shoot their, their first dance, I'd get back, I'd put the next <laughs> one on, go back out with the camera. So it was kind of kind of fun that way. Um, you and were defying the multitasking in male uh, myths. Yeah, yeah. And, and I just, I think back to using technology then, you know, at the time, I was the only one that, that sourced out and found an online technology that allowed people to go online and search my music library before the event. They could email out a link to their guests. They could oh, wow. request their songs. Um, and then at the event, I printed off a list and it would tell me all the requests that people had made before the event even happened, um, right down to which binder and which CD that song was on. Um, and nobody was doing that at the time. So fast forward to you know the last several years or probably a decade now, wow, I feel old with that. You know, I've worked across the country. I've worked in Northern BC. Um, I shut down my business when I moved there uh, and, and went out there completely blind. Uh, I followed a girlfriend at the time. And so I found myself in, in Northern BC, Fort St. John, actually, oil and gas country. Um, and, you know, my naive mindset felt, okay, I'm going to Northern BC. I can just walk out my back door and climb a mountain. That was my vision of BC. Um, it was not that. It was... Uh, farm country, oil and gas, and a lot of dust, that kind of stuff. So I got a job with the Canadian Cancer Society doing uh, the Relay for Life event in that community. Um, but I was missing that entrepreneurial side. So um, I started doing video production for another video production company. And I was still kind of missing, you know, having something of my own. So I started a branding agency with two other guys in the community uh, and we ran that. So here I had my own company that I was running with two other guys, working full-time as a video um, editor for this company and working contract position for the Canadian Cancer Society um, there. So I did that for two years. Uh, then I moved to, to Calgary um, and worked for the Canadian Cancer Society in their head office uh, and then started Blue Cow Creative, which was my, my original name to my business. Uh, and I was doing web design um, mostly still had a lot of clients on the East Coast. And, um, you know, that was great. Then I moved back to Northern BC following, you know, um, a girl at the time, um, you know, so guys do, right? And, uh, you know, just kept my Blue Cow Creative thing going, but I was still, I still had a job. You know, I got into doing um, advertising sales for a newspaper, because I just, I felt like I needed that security of that, that income. Um, and I remember to the day that, that time where it was like, okay, you got to make the leap. You got to really kind of face that fear and jump off that diving board uh, and, and give up the job. I hated selling advertising. Like I hated it. You know, I would go out, I'd be pumped up. I'm going to sell some ads today. Uh, and then I go out and I'm like, yeah, they don't want to buy from me. Nobody wants to buy a newspaper ad in this town. I'm like, I'm going to go to Walmart and get some like eggs, chocolate eggs and eat those. That was my kind of crutch thing. And, uh, so, so other than your real distaste for advertised sales, what made you, helped you make that leap? Like, what was the thing that gave you the confidence to do that? I got a contract uh, at an event center in the town doing their concert photography. It was a, a foundational um, job that was going to reoccur like the entire year. They always had events. They always needed me. So there was consistent income on that part mm. uh, and I was like okay I can do this uh, and I quit that job uh, you know you get that lump in the throat is this going to work out and then from there you're basically you were forced to really go at it full time and 
the biggest thing that I, that I realized was when people have a, a job and they're running a business, they don't have all the time to focus on the business because they still have that job. Yeah. When you eliminate that, you have all the time to, to grow that business and focus on it. And that was the, the thing I think that helped. You know, there was the confidence that yes, I could get recurring income by having contracts like this, but now I have the time to even take it to the next level. Um, so I moved back home here in 2010 mm-hmm. and, um, you know, did the business to, to the next level and, and got into more of the digital marketing. And then it's evolved now to Blue Cow Marketing when I changed the name. So, uh, of course, you know, everyone wants to know why Blue Cow? <laughs> Uh, you know, I get asked that all the time. Um, and, you know, there's no big philosophy around it. Um, it really came down to a couple things. One, were the, the, the domain names and the social media accounts available for a name that I would pick? Okay, so that was yeah. one of the big criteria. Uh, and the second one was, I always liked the color blue. Um, and at the time, I wanted something that had a, a fun character. Uh, something that I could eventually, you know, in my mind, <clears throat> what I saw was these little stuffed animals of whatever character I would be that I could like do kids contests and give out like to kids. Uh, you stuffed know. blue cows. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I thought back to my grandfather where like, I was the small child and then there was him. And I thought if I had a business that had, you know, worked with a family oriented client, that I would have these little characters that I could give to the, the child that was there. And that was my original thing is, is coming up with something. So I had color, cow, uh, color, character, and descriptor. So blue cow. And then I was like, what could it be? Could it be blue cow video? And so it came up originally with creative because I wanted to have a more encompassing yeah. name. Um, and then it evolved into marketing um, you know, later on. What I also appreciate is that even though you're in Nova Scotia, you have clients all over the place. Like, t- how, how do you get clients all where, like, in these very different locations? Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a great question because, you know, I am very local oriented and I've got a lot of connections here in the East Coast, but, um, you know, I've been, been traveling, you know, I, like I, you heard, I've been to the, the West Coast, but I focus a lot of my certifications and specialties in, in the software, the marketing you know, down in Arizona, right? So the, you know, the Southern West areas. So, you know, through that certification, they're very rich throughout the, the U.S. So, um, you know, Keep is the certification used to be called Infusionsoft that I've had. I've had it for 10 years. Um, so, you know, I get clients down there just through the, the networking and, and all the different social channels that I engage in um, because, you know, it's, it's all about providing value. So there's a lot of Facebook groups and LinkedIn groups that I'm part of where, you know, I just go in first and start to listen, see what people are talking about and, and where can I provide a little nugget of help, a little nugget of value. Uh, and then people just start to check you, check out who you are uh, and then they inquire uh, about it. Um, you know, I create YouTube videos and put them out, just all educational information. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and the unique one was, you know, I got a, a client from Washington who called me. He was a financial advisor down there. Um, his assistant actually called me first and she's like, you know what, um, Kyle wants to, to have a consult with you. I'm like, okay. So uh, I get him on the phone and he's, he's walking and, uh, and I'm like talking to him and I can hear him. He's like huffing and puffing, like he's out of breath. And we do the whole consult. And at the end, I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm actually walking between my two offices, 10 miles with a weighted backpack on. Cause that's what I do on my lunchtime, right. For exercise. 
so then I naturally asked, like, how did you, like, where did you hear about me? He's like, well, I was, you know, spending some time on YouTube the other night and I found a video you did five years ago. And I just, he's like, I like how you presented yourself. You were, you were confident. You, you knew what you were talking about and you weren't trying to sell me. And he's like, that's the guy I want to work with. Right. And that video had no sales focus. It was just information. Um, so the biggest takeaway was you just got to put your, your knowledge out there and you don't know when or where people are going to find it and, and contact you. Right. Yeah. It, was, it was not the focus at the time, but it, it got me a, a, you know, a great client that way. There's a couple of roads I want to go down here. Um, let's start with the video since we just finished up on that. Um, I think that there's this barrier for people because I don't know, I don't like watching myself on video. Um, so what what keeps should business owners be doing video? And what how can you get how can they just go for it? Absolutely. Uncomfortable with it. <laughs> now I, I may be a bit biased having a, a video background. Um but when you look at what people consume online, uh, you know, video is the top form of, of media that, that people are watching and consuming. Um, it's a great platform because it allows you to, you know, be seen and heard. And with that example I showed you, you know, it, it was how I presented myself, the tone, you know, he, he, he related to me um, that way. So it's far better than, you know, the written form, uh, in my opinion. So yes, to answer that first question, business owners should be doing video um, in their business uh, at some point. But the biggest thing, and it's very consistent, uh, you know, across working with different clients is they are very um, concerned about how they look and, and, you know, very critical, probably the most critical of anyone um, that would ever see it. So the biggest thing is you just need to, to learn to get over that. So when we coach clients on doing video, we say, okay, if you've never done a video before, you're going to create three videos and you're not going to post them anywhere, right? You're just going to get into that muscle memory and that habit of actually doing it, right? Getting mm -hmm. record, starting to talk, um, you know, just watching it back and just getting over that fear of this isn't so bad. Right. It's, it's just think of like like trying to teach a child to, to swim. Right. You don't throw them in the pool. You dip their toes in. Right. They got to feel the temperature of the water. They got to feel splash it in their face. Feel, feel that. Right. That's what you need to do. Mm -hmm. It's a new skill. It's something you're not, you know, programmed to know how to do normally. But there's going to come that time where you're just going to have to just jump and put that first video out. Um, and I guarantee you are going to think it's the worst video possible. But those people that watch it, they're not going to be looking at it, you know, through those same lenses, right? They're going to be listening to what you're saying. So um, you'd be surprised when you, when you put those videos out, you know, what your audience will actually like resonate with. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, if you need that, that boost, give it out to people you trust first, right? Like your families and, the, and your friends, they're going to give you positive reviews because they like you, right? And you need that, you know, it may be a little false sense, but you just need that positive praise. Um, do videos need to be highly produced? Not anymore. You know, years ago, it, it used to. I mean, when I first came out of school, we were producing like 20-minute promotional videos. I mean, I don't know anyone that's going to sit through a 20-minute promotional video right now, right? So now we're, we're producing 21-minute videos for people, right? So it's very, yeah, one-minute one one videos, yeah. right? So it's very micro, micro content. You know, the attention spans of, of everyone are, are going down. Uh, and, you know, with a high production value, it doesn't need to be there. I mean, 
if you're carrying around a phone, a lot of times, you know, that's everything you need. I mean, you've got apps now that you can record, you can, you know, do some editing, some titling and post it all out. Just, you've got a full production studio in your pocket anywhere you go. Um, and, you know, the more authentic it looks, you know, the more real it's gonna kind of feel in those social feeds, right? What, when do you think there is, like, I still think there might be a space for the produced ones, but what is that space? When do you need to say, I need to bring in a Sean or someone like that so that I can do the full meal deal story? Absolutely. So I, I like to, to separate it into two kind of, kind of content buckets. If it's a, an asset, so something that's going to stick around, like a, a course, a three video series, something that you become using it for, you know, what we call a lead magnet out there, then you can up that production value a bit, you know, worry about some lighting, that kind of stuff, your backgrounds, uh, and do that. So there's those assets. And then there's the, what we call the moments, right? So if you're out and you're like, I got a thought or I see something, I want to do a video about it, doesn't have to be highly produced, right? So you've got assets and moments. The moments are something that, that is not going to stick around for a long time. You're not getting people to come to your website to opt into it. You're probably not embedding it on a landing page, right? It's going to go out on, on your social media channels or, um, you, know, um, you know, Instagram or, you know, maybe you're, you're, you're brave enough to get into TikTok and you want to do some of those type of videos, um, which TikTok now doesn't, you know, it's not all people dancing, uh, you know, pointing to words that appear in the air, right? People are on there talking, um, you know, in longer form content now. So, you know, we're seeing these, these channels evolve and we'll talk about that as one of the trends that's happening with people are, are really, you know, exiting the Facebook world and going to other places. Yeah. Um, so the, the other place I wanted to go down, I think it's a combo because um, uh, marketing autom automation and CRMs or customer rela uh, relationship management softwares. Like, well, who needs that stuff? Uh, I'm going to say anyone who wants to um, successfully grow their business, right? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> No, but I mean that, I mean that seriously, because, yeah. you know, there are people that are, you know, they're doing a business and they are fine with the way their business is, you know, the level of income it's at right. uh, and the process they have. Right. But if they're like, okay, I want to grow it to this, you know, growing, it does not come from running Facebook ads and finding new people growing from comes from having a process, having, um, you know, a system so that you can effectively either cut off that wasted time you're doing stuff now by putting automated processes in place to do those things for you. Um, and once you have a system of how you run people through, just think of like, you know, if you've ever seen the, the story of how McDonald's was formed and the oh. amount of focus they put on where their machines were in the system and how they did it, because then they can scale, right? Then you can bring more people in and know it's not going to break you in your business. It's not going to, you know, cause more stress. Um, but it also gives you that kind of that metric to say, okay, once I reach this capacity, now it's time to bring in a second person. Yeah. Um, and we had that, that happen in, in our business too. I just recently hired a full-time person. Um, I mean, 15 years in business and it was only me until now because um, I was hitting that point and I started to have systems that, that would identify that. So the marketing automation uh, that you hear, you know, you think of building landing pages on your website and driving people to it for ads and stuff. That's just a small part of it. Yeah. You know, keeping track of your data so that you know that, you know, when there's a task to follow up on someone, um, 
you can rely on the system to, to have that there and it doesn't have to stay in your head. I mean, the more things you have to like remember, those are calories you're burning. They're going to exhaust you. You know, the, the fact of even thinking about something is burning calories. And you know that, you know, if you ran four hours on a treadmill, you're exhausted, right? You can't function the next day. The same thing mentally happens if you have to keep all this stuff in your head, right? So you need to offload that to a system um, and feel confident it's going to be there when you need it. We have used uh, marketing automation or automation. And I think that maybe sometimes because we put the word marketing in front, we forget that it can actually be so much more about your infrastructure. And, and, and I look at it as with the right automation, you may not need to hire that person for a while like you experienced, John, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and I like to kind of take away from using the word marketing automation and bring it more into business automation because marketing okay. is part of the business. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we don't necessarily always look at what we can automate on the outgoing side client facing, but also what can we automate inside? You know, e even down to, you know, if you remit your, your HST, you know, quarterly, you know, and you need time to prepare your books like me, wait till the very last minute um, and, you know, putting that buffer in place to have something to remind me, you know, seven days before that deadline to start actually doing it. Um, that's something I don't have to forget about or, 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 or keep in my mind. It's going to come up. It's going to tell me uh, to do it. So um, you just look at listing on everything that you would do right down to the littlest minute tasks um, and then start to characterize it as to, does this task make me money? Then yes. Okay. We absolutely need to do it. You know, does it have the potential of making me money? Okay, then we look at that. And does it have no impact on, on the revenue and growing it? You know, and, and then you start to, to prioritize those and then say, okay, can I automate that? Or can I, you know, get someone else to do it? Or can I just wipe it off? Is it just me kind of just doing something that's fun, right? I mean, if you're like me, sometimes you kind of get stressed out on stuff and you're like, okay, I'm going to do something fun. And it may not even impact the bottom line. It's just like, you're just naturally going to the easiest route of like, okay, I'm going to write a blog post. I didn't need to, but it's like, it's fun. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think that the, um, see, so there's, a, uh, there's, how does people choose the right one, Sean? Like if, if I'm going to go down the road of business automation and figuring it out, what are some of the top three things I should consider when I'm choosing my, uh, my partner there? Yeah. So there are, you know, there's not, you know, just a handful out there. There's literally hundreds of different systems out there. You know, I'm certified in Keep. Uh, you know, there's Active Campaign, HubSpot. There's you know, Entreport. You know, hundreds of them. You just do a Google search. Each of them have their unique values and their unique, um, I guess, audiences they go against. But I think the biggest thing you need to look at is where do you want to go with it. You know, if you're just a one or two person operation and your goal in the next five years is to bring on a sales team then, you know, you're probably not going to, you know, stick with like a keep system because that's focused on like a small business um, kind of focus, right? It's more of an internal, you know, you want to look at something like a HubSpot or a Salesforce or something like that. That is really their main thing is managing sales teams and sales opportunities. They mm -hmm. do it very well, right? So a lot of times when we consult with somebody who's looking to do that, we'll ask those questions like, know like what do you want to, to automate or where do you see this going are you growing your team you know what are the pain points you currently have uh you know speaking about keep right now their main focus is you know the simple little automations that are going they call them easy automations appointment scheduling you know they've got that built in 
um, you know, payment processing, that's all there. You know, they focus on those pain points that small business owners have. Um, and then they, that's what they build their solution around. Nice. Um, you talked about trends, Sean. I'm curious because you said you just did some research. I want to hear all about the trends. <laughs> yeah, so we just finished up uh, doing a webinar. Uh, it was my first webinar in, in two years, uh, wow. getting back into it. Uh, and it was talking about using automation to, to grow your business and get your life back. And every time I, I start a webinar, I try to get the most recent kind of current trends that are happening um, to kind of set that, that, get that foundation in place. So uh, Forbes put out a great article uh, two months ago about the, the trends of 2021 uh, in the marketing space. Um, and one of the ones was that, that people are, are moving more so towards digitalization uh, of their systems. Uh, and that was because we were forced to do so. Yeah. Right? We went into this lockdown where we could not have human contact. So now we had to rely on technology to communicate. So not only did people get forced to, but these tech companies were in hyper mode to, to really amp up their solutions. Zoom being one of them. I mean, the amount of development that Zoom as a company put in you know, and early on in this pandemic, we saw the issues that they ran into with security and, and like features were coming up so fast. Um, and now that we're, you know, 18 months and on the kind of the back end of it, you know, we're seeing all these technologies coming out to really revolutionize how you do business. So people are going to the digitalization, you know, e-signatures, digitizing all their files and that kind of stuff. So that's one of the biggest things that, that's happening. Um, the second one was, was relying on um, automated processes, which I love that's to see that in the list because you know, as a business that focuses on helping people automate things, it was like, wow, like, you know, we're starting to get recognized, right? So we, we saw that reassurance that was there. Um, and the one that, that really kind of, it, it caught me by surprise originally, but when I read through it, it made sense, is that people are becoming um, numb to digital ads. Right. So here we had an entire um, like world that was stuck inside screen times on their computer all the time. Right. They're seeing this stuff more than they ever would have. So they're just becoming numb to it and glossing over it. So now businesses are looking at how do I do things differently? Right. So direct mail is, is ramping up a lot more. You know, the U.S. Postal Service excuse me, <clears throat> has seen an increase in businesses sending out direct mail pieces because people want that physical touch again. So yeah. you're seeing businesses implement, you know, those mail outs back into their, their marketing processes and not just relying solely on Facebook, LinkedIn, Google ads and things of that nature. Right. So those were, were really kind of the top three things that were, were happening. That's so cool. That's very good. What is the top mistakes that you see small businesses owners making with their marketing? Um, a lot of times what they do is they, they, they overthink it, um, you know, and they're, they're looking at, you know, and, and I'm going to talk on, on the more of the digital marketing side, you know, so when you're, you know, putting things out on, on Facebook and those different channels um, is they're not looking at it as, like a, a social kind of engagement, right? They're looking at it as an advertising platform, right? So they're like, okay, how do I talk at somebody versus how do I engage with them in a conversation, right? So, you know, it's like, here's what we do or here's things that we're doing versus, hey, look at this. What do you think of this? Or, you know, you know give me your advice on what, what would be great. 
um, you know, in this situation or, you know, vote on this. And, and a lot of the tools have a lot of great um, features that are coming out that way. So what we want to do is we want to use the social channels as a window into the personality in your business, right? Like mm -hmm. we want to see stuff that we would not normally see, right? We don't want to see, you know, an ad that you had designed for a, a newspaper or a magazine posted on your Facebook feed because right. that's not what it's there for. People are going to social media for that social side of it. Um, you know, you look at, at Instagram is very visual because that's the, the native platform where it's images and videos. You know, you got, you know, TikTok is more of, you know, people watching these fun videos. And now there's, you know, there's some humor in these businesses that are actually kind of bringing their personality across in it. Um, it it's, it's a great way to do that. But you really got to get across, you know, your comfort zone or that wall where it's like, we want to take people into the business, right? We don't want to just right. tell them about the business. We want them to experience it uh, if they haven't done so already. Where do you think, um, do people have to be careful about um, the way the world is kind of dividing into two, two different columns and there's no crossover? Um, do you have to be careful in your marketing around that? Um, I mean, you can. I mean, a lot of times, you know, you look at, at who you are personally and then who you are as a business. And there are some people where they, they bring who they are personally, you know, and their views and stuff into their business and they're okay with that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, take, for example, you know, Canada Day that just passed, mm. you know, the world was divided on, do we celebrate it or do we not? So here we found reaching out to the clients, you know, asking them like, how do you, like, what's your stance on this? What's your view? And how do you want to portray that? Right. You want to post happy Canada Day. You want to post, you know, you know, something that's around the, you know, the, the, the orange coloring and, and that kind of stuff around that, that purpose, or do you just not want to say anything at all? Right. So I think what we have to do is we have to look at, you know, what you're okay with and what you're personally comfortable with. Cause I, I don't think it's like, here's the, here's the, the way that you have to go. It's, right. it's how do you want to go, go that way. Right. Do you think clients are, or people are paying uh, close attention to how people are coming down on issues if they're coming and if you're not saying anything at all, are they noting it? Personally, I don't think so. I don't, I, I think there's, there's so much of it going on in the media anyway, that the media is where they're really focusing on that. I don't think, I mean, unless it was completely blatantly in, in left or right um, side where it was like, wow, I can't believe you went to that level with it. But I mean, if you're just, you know, if, if I don't know of anyone that would have posted like happy Canada day in the flag and someone was like, oh, I can't believe they said that. Right. I don't think anyone would have got to that level. Yeah. Right. But if they would have said happy Canada Day, stop doing whatever, then that's taking it too far, right? Um, so I, I just think we're, we're very, we're an oversensitive society right now on certain topics. Um, and, and I think it's, it's making people overthink how they do their business. Mm, interesting. That's my opinion. I could be wrong. It's happened once or twice, I think. We all have to have at least one mistake in our past, right? That's right. <laughs> Uh, that's awesome. I'm going to open it up for the floor now for questions. Um, do, does anyone have a question they'd like to ask Sean? Oh, here we go. Excellent. We bring the great Melanie. Hello, Melanie. Sorry, I'm afraid I just brought my me, Melanie. <laughs> I didn't bring the great Melanie. Oh. <laughs> um, 
yeah, thank you, Sean. That was really interesting. Um, your your journey. I'm, I'm I'm interested. What drew you specifically to mark marketing per se? Because you've got this, you know, this technical background in the in the production side of things. And can you talk a little bit about what drew you, and um, because you went creative, blue cow creative, mm -hmm. and then to marketing. I'd be interested to find find that. Absolutely, and you know, just thinking about it, you know, if I was to to look at what a like a marketing agency is, I don't feel that we are in the true sense what that is. Like, I think when you look at a marketing agency, they're coming up with concepts and ideas, and you know, and and product things like 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 what how can we like promote differently. What we like to do, and what I was drawn to over the years when I started to do videos with people was. You know, you saw small businesses when you talk to them, their eyes light up, right? It's like they, they love what they do. And when you get them on camera or get them in an interview or, you know, get them talking at a live event, um, which we'll get back to at some point, you know, they just light up with passion. Um, and then I, you know, I connected with that passion because I, I felt it early on in the first business. So I wanted to get in helping them, you know, tell that story, amplify that story you know, in different mediums. So, you know, the clients that we work with best are the ones that know their product. They know what they want to do with it. Our job is to help them amplify that, uh, put the systems in place so that they can focus on that more uh, and we can help them tell others about that passion and get that across uh, in what they do. So, you know, that's what, what drew me to it over the years. You know, I never... I never went to school for marketing, um, you know, web design. I never took a, a professional course to do it. It was like, okay, I'm going to figure this out. Uh, and, you know, even as a kid, I would take things apart to see how they worked. Uh, and that's how I approach everything. You know, a new software comes out. I sign up for a trial, whether I need it or not. I'll do that 14 days to figure out how it works. Because for one, I'm going to create a video for it for YouTube to help others understand it. Uh, and two, I may have a client who is a fit for it. And then I have that knowledge there to be like, hey, this tool would be a great fit for you. Right. So it's all about helping people. And that's that's the part that I love. I think oh. you've brought up a really key thing there too, Sean. Thank you, Melanie, is um, around um, being open to trying new things. Um, how do you counsel business owners on that? Yeah, um, you know, there are definitely people that, you know, I think there's really two people out there that the ones that are open to trying new things, right? They'll jump right in and they're like, let's do it and let's see if it works. Uh, and then there's those that, you know, are going to say they want to, <laughs> but don't really want to, right? And those are the ones that are, are the hardest to kind of get over that, that lip. So what we tend to do is what can we get them to try that's not going to make or break their business right now, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe a piece of it that you know, is, is a bit different. Maybe it's a, you know, maybe it's a digital meeting platform or maybe a, a booking calendar system uh, that, you know, they could implement in a small form, yeah. but they still have their original process in place until they're comfortable with this, right? Um, so getting them to realize it's not going to be, you know, doomsday by them trying something new, um, you know, and, and, it, and it, it's, could be as simple as, okay, who's answering your phones? and getting them to start asking, how did you hear about us? Because you'd be surprised yeah. how many people never ask that question and they have no idea where people, new leads are coming from. And then yeah. they say, okay, well, you know, we spent a hundred dollars this month on Facebook ads and it didn't do anything for us. Well, have you been asking if anybody that was calling you 
saw you on Facebook. No, well, it's hard to know that, right? So, you know, it's just those little things of getting them conditioned to try new things, right? Coming back to, you know, I'm a, a father of a five-year-old. It's, you know, getting him to try new food is the hardest thing, right? He's like, I don't want that. So it's like, here, just try it. Or sometimes you'll, you'll slip it into what he's eating and he'll eat it and he's like, what is this? And then you'll tell him and then he's like, I like it. So, you know, it's the same type of atmosphere. You just gotta- You're, You trick your clients into trying new things is what you're saying. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, yeah, my, my, girlfriend, my girlfriend says, you know, you marketers, you're all about trickery, right? That's what she tells me all the time. So every time I, I say something to her, she's like, are you marketing me right now? Well, like, did it work? It's a fine line, right? Fine line. Uh, the other thing that came up for me with this is I feel like uh, you hear this all the time that all the social media platforms are constantly changing their algorithms and things like that. So how do people stay on top of that stuff? <laughs> um, that's funny that you say that because um, you remember, I don't know if you've been on social media or Facebook, you know, in the years past, but they would do these like massive changes like every six months, right? Or even a year. And then people would just like go off the rails online. Like, I don't like the new format and all this stuff. So now they're, they're doing micro changes. Every two weeks, there's a feature, small little feature change. Oh, right? okay. and then, so, you know, and the reason it's every two weeks is, you know, the, the app platforms like, you know, Google um, Play Store and the App Store allow developers to push out changes only every two weeks. So okay. you know, a lot of the platforms are just micro changes. But if you put all those micro changes together in six months, that would have been a big change to drop all at once. So, you know, you've got these algorithm changes where, you know, Google is probably the, the most notorious one where, you know, you spend a lot of time building up your blog and your website and you're starting to rank organically, which means you're not paying for that traffic. Um, and then Google decides to change something and then gone, you're not ranking anymore. You have no control over that. You don't know if it's coming or it's going and they don't do a great job of telling you you are. They're like, you know, it could affect you, right? So, you know, it's, it's, it's a huge science to even understand SEO and I don't understand it, you know, fully. Um, so if, if that's the route that you want to go down to like organically try to come up and, and search and be top in, in there, you really need to work with, you know, a dedicated person that that's all they do and, and focus on it. You'll never, you'll never take it on yourself uh, and be really good at it. So. And still be able to run your business. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, we're in the social platforms every day and there's changes that come out that, that affect us and affect our clients that we're like, wow, like we had no idea that was going to, to do that. And then we have to go and dig into it and, and understand it even more. Um, so, you know, to even expect a business owner to do it who's not in that, that medium is hard. Um, and the more that's happening um, is crazy. So the biggest, I guess, takeaway from that is it's gonna happen, it's gonna affect you, but the only thing you can control is how you react to it. Mm. Right? Like don't freak out. Everybody is being impacted by this. You know, let's just figure it out, right? I think it, it says that we have to be a little bit more agile in our thinking that just because we got something working now in terms of how we attract our, our clients isn't necessarily going to work tomorrow and you have to be prepared to, to shift. Yeah. And let, let me, sh if, if you're okay, I want to share a quick story with you. Yes, um, please. Another client experience well, with Facebook. Um, they're in the, the acne space. Um, so they help people, you know, overcome acne, you know, mostly women between 20 and 40. 
uh, with an online program. They have actual real coaches who have been trained in this, but they do it through an online and software based. So part of their product offering was selling supplements on their, on their website. So they were running Facebook ads and, and acne is a very fine line in the rules of, of online advertising, right? You can't call out people in their conditions. So when you're running ads, you can't say, do you have acne or you have acne or how to overcome your acne? Cause that is calling out somebody, right? So they will decline that. Um, so they had like 40 or 50 product ads on Facebook running. Facebook decided they were going to change their advertising policy without notice to anyone, which meant that now supplements were a banned product. So they rolled it out. It immediately declined 36 product ads, which put them over a threshold. Their ad account got shut down. Their business manager got shut down. They appealed it. Facebook came back and said, the decision's final. You can't get access to your accounts anymore. So they're entire revenue stream of spending probably about seven to ten thousand dollars a month on Facebook ads gone so now they we had to like scramble and set up all new Facebook accounts new brands for the different products and start to season the ad accounts again uh, to get going so they've got Instagram accounts and a Facebook page with thousands of followers that they can't advertise on only because Facebook changed the goalpost the direction and you, you just you're a victim of it and you just um, and that's happening. And that's why people are moving away from Facebook is it's becoming very much, you know, uh, you know, a dictatorship almost uh, in, in that where they have too much control. That's fascinating. Uh, Christina. Thanks. Hi, Sean. It's great Thank to hear your story because uh, we work together and um, man, I appreciate everything you do for my business. Um, so I was just listening to you talk about Facebook and, I, and I, I've had that experience um, where I've put a lot of time into crafting something and not maybe fully aware of all of the regulations around that and just had the whole thing shut down. So it is, I guess I'm sending the message out, it is worth reading the fine print carefully <laughs> mm -hmm. if you're doing it on your own or hiring somebody like Sean to, uh, yeah, to help you with that because it's... It's, it's disheartening, you know, there's the financial loss, but then there's also, if that's where your pool lies and you've, you've lost that, that's, um, yeah, that's a tough one. Just, just to add to that before you have your question is, you know, if you're going to build a house, are you going to just go and start to build it? Or are you going to check the building, uh, you know, policies and, and get a building permit and figure out what your zoning regulations are? Of course you are. Why is it any different when you're starting to build something online? Like they have rules of policies around advertising. I think if you're going to do that, you should go and read all the ad policies and figure out what you can and can't do. It's all there. They're not hiding it. Just most people don't read it. You know, we, we sign documents and we scroll through all the terms and conditions to get the checkbox at the bottom. You know, and what we're scrolling past is permission for them to shut you down by you not doing something. Right, so. I think it, what I fell sort of uh, a victim to is that we all have such a familiarity with Facebook. And um, the fact that I had opened a business account, mm -hmm. uh, a page, I, 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 it didn't occur to me that it would be so different. And, mm -hmm. and so I think, I think that was the, the wake up call because it was an assumption I made that it would operate in a very similar way. So it doesn't. And thank you for the reminder. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention was I loved that idea of um, making a list of all the things you do right down to the 
nitty gritty and figuring out what you can digitize. That's a, that's a fantastic suggestion for a small business owner, because it's not like the list is profound. It's, it has an end Mm -hmm. and uh, gosh, considering what you can digitize and take off your list. Great idea. So thanks for that one. Welcome. Awesome. I see Melanie popped another question in there, Sean, in, in the chat, and she talked about what are some of the biggest digital marketing myths out there? Uh, that's a loaded question. <laughs> she, 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 she does well, shoots with a big gun. <laughs> um, I, I think, I think the, the biggest one is that you have to be everywhere. Mm. So, you know, when you look at the kind of the, the top four or five, you got Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube, you know, we'll throw Twitter in there as well. I mean, that's a different beast and it requires a lot of time, but you'll see, you know, businesses who are starting to, to market themselves online, go and sign up for all these different accounts. And then they're going to like try to, to be on all of them at once, right? That's a huge undertaking. Um, and it's something that is it completely setting you up for failure. So what you look at is, for one, if, if, if there's a platform that you've just been using personally and you're very comfortable with, that's your natural place to start because you already know that platform, right? And start to, to go there, um, especially if your audience is there. But if you don't use any, let's figure out where your audience is mostly at. You know, if you're in a visual platform, so you know, maybe you're a real estate agent, you know, Instagram's a great place for that. I mean, housing photos, quick little videos, Instagram's a great platform for it. You know, not so much Facebook. You know, if you're a business to business and you're doing, you know, professional learning and development, LinkedIn is probably going to be your platform of choice uh, to go with because that's where the businesses are. Um, but really learn that uh, really well. So that's one of the biggest things is don't don't do everything a little bit. Do one thing really well and then take your learnings from that and your failures from that and apply it to the next one if you want to grow to the, you know, just kind of scale horizontally that way. Sean, who's who should be on TikTok? You mentioned it earlier that it's changing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think you should be on TikTok. Well, I guess there's, there's two here. If if you've if you've personally been on it, so you know if you're you're you know, that younger demographic or you've just kind of been an early adopter to it, and you know how it works, and you can start to use it in business. But there's going to be a learning curve because it is completely different type of, of media and, and method. Um, and it's not so much you just take a video and post it up there. You know, you can do features in it and you got to do some processing and editing with it in the app um, to really make it engaging. But because it is so new, your ability to scale and get viewers fast uh, is far greater than any of the other platforms. I mean, if you started it and consistently posted content, it doesn't have to be great, but just being there, you can get you know followers on that platform really fast. But what I would suggest is what is the purpose of you being there, right? Are you going on there because you're going to be just giving, you know, humorous advice that's business related, or are you going to go on in a serious method, or are you just going to go on because it's just you want to show like the fun part of your team and that's what it is. You know, that platform should have a single focus on because you want people to follow you and they want that consistent type of content. Um other question that just came in, can you please explain how Twitter is a different beast altogether? <laughs> Thanks for putting my, my language back in there, but um, <laughs> tw- Twitter is classified as, as micro blog content, right? That's what they called it originally. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got 140 characters, you can put an image in there. But if you've ever been on Twitter and you watched it, I mean, you go in there and like 10 seconds pass and it's like 15 new posts. 
it's just like a, it's like a stock ticker. It just goes so fast. So you have to be, you know, posting a lot to really be beneficial on there. You know, we have clients who have a, excuse me, a Twitter account and they, you know, they don't want to be active on it, but, you know, we post their blog articles to it as well. They don't get any traction out of it. They just want to be there. Um, but the ones that do are, are fully understanding hashtags and, you know, knowing how to go in and, and they're really going in and doing a lot of social listening, you know, following other hashtags, replying to actual other tweets uh, that people are putting out there and engaging that way through it. So it requires a lot more attention than any of the other platforms. Very short shelf life to a post you put. If you're talking to a client and they said, oh, I think at what point do you say you should hire someone to help you with your social media? Like, is there a, a, a point that happens in a business growth that you say that that would happen? Or is it just a personal preference of whether you like to do it or you want to delegate it? Uh, I think the biggest one is, is a personal preference. So, you know, we have clients who are like, you know, I don't even want to, like, I don't even like social media, but I know I have to be there. Um, I just want you to, to post the content and let me know if there's something I need to pay attention to, right? So there's those type of clients. But there's a lot that um, want to know more. So they'll hire us to, to you know, get them set up, you know, you know, get a consistent content plan. Um, and then showing them how to do it. So essentially what we're going to do eventually is just onboard those training wheels and they'll be able to pedal and keep going on their own uh, with it. But, uh, you know, it comes down to time. I mean, the more content you put out and the more engaging your social is, people are going to start to comment. So, you know, we get into that, that habit sometimes of just posting, posting, posting and not going and seeing what people are saying back. You know, if somebody posts a comment, you should respond to it. At least, you know, like it if it's not a question. You know, if it is a question or something you can provide a follow-up, you need to go and check it out. Um, you know, there are tools available. We have one that our clients use where, you know, there's a social inbox. So in there, it shows you every comment that people have made all in one place across all your different platforms. Um, and you can reply to them all with one login instead of having to go, you know, Instagram to Facebook and all over the place uh, with it. So um, I, I think hiring somebody to initially come up with the content plan and what you should be posting um, and how often, what type of content. And then if you want to eventually do it yourself, then, you know, work with somebody to help you transition into that. So kind of like have someone help with strategy versus the tactical and can separate the the strategy versus the tactical. Yeah. 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 We, like we, you know, it's almost like job shadowing, you know, we have clients who, you know, will, will sit with us um, virtually um, and we, we said, here's what we've posted. Here's how we've done it. And then we're like, okay, well, how about you, you post the Monday post now, right? We'll do the rest. And they're like, okay, well, I got that. Okay. Well, you post these videos now, right? We'll slowly start to just hand over stuff back to them. Um, and then we're kind of just, you know, the best clients are the ones that can, can, can fish on their own, right? In my opinion, mm. we, we are not in the business of, of forcing ourselves onto someone and, and saying, you need us, you need us when we know that they are completely capable of doing it. They really just need the reassurance and the confidence uh, to do it. That's cool. Well, I really want to thank you for your time today, Sean. It has been fascinating. <clears throat> I've learned so much. Uh, I think the real bottom line here today is marketing trickery is real, but you can use it to your advantage. Thank you again, Sean, for coming. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to The Real Bottom Line. This show is produced by Black Star Wealth. 
Executive Producer, Wendy Brookhouse. To learn more about the show or to contact us, go to blackstarwealth.com.